on March 3rd, 2020, I released the fourth episode of the Switched podcast. That episode was called VR is the Future, and it was basically me going over some of my favorite VR games, some of my favorite VR hardware that I've used, and my thoughts on the industry as a whole and where I thought it was going, and a lot has changed in the 30 episodes I've created since that one. I've gained a lot more experience with VR, I've sunk a lot more hours into VR, and I really feel like things have changed in the industry. Certain headsets that I would recommend back then, I definitely don't recommend anymore, and things have shown their age in unexpected ways, and other things have not shown their age in unexpected ways. So a whole lot has changed, and I thought it was high time to talk about virtual reality again. Um, So I'm back to talk about VR some more, and I'm going to share some of my new favorite games I've been playing. I'm going to reiterate some of my opinions on games that I've already played, and I'm going to share my opinion on the hardware that's available for VR and talk about why I would no longer recommend anyone buy an Oculus product, along with some other things. That and a whole lot more today on the Switched Podcast VR episode part two. I want to start off the show today by talking about a talking point that I mentioned in the intro about Oculus as a company and why I would no longer recommend their headsets to anyone. Oculus, as you may or may not know, is owned by Facebook now, and everybody and their brother loves to use Facebook. Just kidding, it's 2021, nobody fucking uses Facebook anymore. And they had to buy Instagram to even remain somewhat relevant. Facebook is honestly one of the most suspicious companies on the planet. I would put them in the same realm as Disney as far as like evil companies go. And then of course Google is close behind. Microsoft's on the list somewhere I'm sure. And there could be any other number of companies up there. But honestly, I gotta say... Facebook is one of the worst offenders for spooky, like, controlling the world companies other than, like, Amazon and Disney. And they own the Oculus and all of the headsets and games that they create. And by extension, Oculus owns Beat Games, the company that makes Beat Saber. And so Facebook owns the Oculus, Facebook owns Beat Saber, and... They have really been making some questionable decisions recently with their headsets and with their software, and I want to talk about it in this episode. So, at the time that I recorded the previous VR episode, 31 whole episodes ago, I had just purchased my Oculus Rift S, and it was a big step up from the Acer Uh, Windows Mixed Reality headset that I was using before that. Literally, that headset looked like a fucking Power Ranger helmet that I put on my head. Now, the Oculus Rift S that I use is, like, all black and super sleek and way, way, way nicer quality-wise. But where was I? Uh, I had just purchased the Oculus Rift S with some money I had gotten... Uh, from my tax return and for my birthday and I used my birthday as an excuse and I said I'm going to buy this for myself for my birthday and I dropped a pretty penny on the Oculus Rift S Um, so I was really kind of 
still in that honeymoon phase with my Rift S, and I was coming off of the Acer, going into Oculus, and I was experiencing, like, higher-end VR for the first time, so I was really just fucking jerking Oculus's dick in the previous VR episode. Um, and today I'm coming back a lot wiser, and even though I definitely think that the Oculus Rift S is the best VR headset I've ever used up until this point, I would not recommend it to anyone. And the main reason for that is Facebook, now that they own Oculus, are requiring everyone who creates a new Oculus account, whether it's for the Rift S or for one of the Oculus Quests, which trust me, we'll get into those later, um, uh, they're requiring them to make Facebook accounts and use Facebook accounts to create an Oculus account. I am so against this. I literally had Spotify for upwards of a decade. I had it for almost 10 years and I deleted my old Spotify account to get rid of my Facebook connection because there was no way to remove your Facebook account from your Spotify account. So I ditched my Spotify account of almost 10 years because I did not feel like dealing with Facebook and logging into Facebook to use it anymore. And uh, I want to do the same thing with Oculus, but basically Facebook has created this stance now where if I were to delete my Facebook account, um, I would be basically held hostage on being able to use my Oculus Rift and I would no longer be able to sign in if I deleted my Facebook account. I just have to make a new account and that would require me to have a new Facebook account to use with it. Um, and all my purchases would be deleted. So now I'm being held hostage into keeping my Facebook account if I want to continue to use my Oculus Rift S, basically. Uh, and I don't even remember for certain if my actual Oculus account is linked to my Facebook anymore because I think I removed it at a point when they allowed you to remove your Facebook account. But unfortunately, uh, if I wanted to make a new Oculus account for any reason, I would have to have a Facebook account. And I'm pretty sure after a certain point, they're actually going to require all Rift S owners sign in with Facebook. So it's only a matter of time before I'm forced into using fucking Facebook on my VR headset. And that's fucking stupid. Uh, I really, really, really don't want to do this. And this is just Facebook trying to regain some of its relevancy that it lost uh, because of the fact that it's a piece of trash social network. And uh, they're doing that by holding people who want to play VR using their headsets uh, hostage by making them use the Oculus uh, Facebook account cross-link thing. You can't make an Oculus account without a Facebook account. That's so fucking dumb. And I can't emphasize that enough. I hate that. I've always hated that feature on like any other website that had it. And I hate it on the Oculus even more. It's even more egregious. Um, and not only that, I touched upon the Oculus Quest 1 and the Oculus Quest 2 earlier when I was talking about the Facebook VR headsets. Um, and both of those are relatively new. I think at the time that I made the first one, the first Quest was out, but not the second one. Um, and the Oculus Quest has blown up, and it's popped off for sure. The Oculus Quest is basically a standalone VR headset that does not require a computer to work, and you can play a lot of the same games. There's a version of Beat Saber, 
there's VR chat, there's rec room. Um, you can play big screen on there, I'm pretty sure. There's like a bunch of other popular titles that are ported over to the Quest. Like I think Boneworks has a native version now. Um, and they're just standalone headsets that you don't need a gaming PC to use. And you can just sign in with your Oculus slash Facebook account, buy some games, and it's off to the races. And that's great for people who don't have a gaming PC but want to play VR, whether it's for the fitness aspect or for just the gaming aspect or want to use, like, let's say they want to use uh, VR chat to get on there and talk to people and stuff like that. They should be able to do that without having to own a gaming PC, in my opinion. But Facebook and, by extension, Oculus are taking this the wrong way, big time. So... In order to use a Quest, I mentioned you already have to have a Facebook account, and Oculus is focusing all of their attention and all their money into the uh, Quest now. The Rift S has basically been discontinued at this point in time, and all of Facebook slash Oculus's money and game development funding and everything like that is going into the Quest. So what that means is... Um, Oculus purchased the rights from Capcom to make Resident Evil 4 VR, um, a VR port of the classic Resident Evil 4, and it's only on the Quest 2. It's not even on the Rift S. You have to have specifically a Quest 2, and it's an exclusive, so you would have to have a Facebook account in order to buy the game and play it. I can't describe how pissed off this makes me, because... Being someone who had a GameCube growing up and enjoying Resident Evil 4 on and off whenever I could bring myself to actually playing it, I desperately want to play it in VR. And the only way I'd be able to is if I bought a whole new headset. Even though I already have an Oculus headset, since Oculus has decided it's not the right one, they're not going to allow me to even purchase it. I haven't bought any games on the Oculus store, uh, but if Resident Evil 4 on VR released on PC... I would totally spend money to buy it on the Oculus Store. I really want to play it that bad. And this isn't the first time they've done this. The actual last Oculus-developed Rift S game, which is, I think it's called Lone Echo. Uh, Lone Echo 2 came out recently. And they've said that this is going to be the last PC VR-focused oculus published game for vr and it's just insane that the rift s is not even that old and according to oculus it's basically a paperweight it's only a matter of time before oculus start uh oculus stops updating it and it becomes unsupported and at least before with my Acer Windows Mixed Reality headset and any other Mixed Reality headset that you could buy off the shelf, you're guaranteed to have support because they're designed in such a way where all of them work the same. So if they want to make new Mixed Reality headsets, they're going to have to update the whole software and include support for the old ones. Um, so you have that you know, backup to work with. You don't have that here. The Rift S is officially no longer supported for buying by oculus they're still giving it some updates for now but we'll have to see how much time we have left (music) 
So just to conclude that sort of segment here, because I think I've raged about Oculus for long enough, uh, the reason why I'm so anti-Oculus these days is because since Facebook bought them, you have to have a Facebook account to set up a new Oculus device, which is bullshit. And also because of the success of the Oculus Quest and the Oculus Quest 2, Oculus has left us poor Rift S owners to be fucking shafted because they didn't feel like releasing PC VR games anymore. They just want to release their uh, portable VR headset games instead. So um, that's Oculus. That's why I'm pissed off at them. So what VR headset should you actually buy? This segment may sound like it should be at the end of the podcast, um, but I'm going to say it here because I want to get all this negativity out of the way and talk about the things I like about VR some more. Uh, so as it stands, my sort of rankings and like what headsets I recommend at what price points has changed a little bit. Um, so basically, the top of the line has not changed. If you want the best of the best and you've got money to burn, definitely go for the Valve Index. The Valve Index has uh, outside-in tracking, which is a negative for some, but it's definitely far more responsive and accurate. Uh, than the inside-out tracking that a lot of the headsets use nowadays. Um, And it also has the great Valve knuckle controllers, which allow you to do finger tracking and all that fun stuff. Um, And if you want to, you could, in theory, change out the index itself for an HTC Vive Pro 2, uh, which is another great headset. Um, And basically, it's sort of the spiritual successor to the HTC Vive and HTC and Valve no longer really work together, but the Vi- the Vive Pro 2 does still use the same base stations as the Index and the original HTC Vive, so you can get the base stations and the Knuckles controllers from the Valve Index, uh, but then get the HTC Vive Pro 2 headset, and that can be a good experience too if you don't want to spend quite as much or if you're not sold on all of the specs for the index Um, because I'm pretty sure the Vive Pro 2 has eye tracking and a lot of stuff like that so I know a lot of VR streamers like VTuber VR streamers use that combo the Knuckles and the uh, Vive Pro 2 so that might be a good one for you too if you've got money to burn middle of the road I'm going to recommend the HP the HP Reverb G2, which is basically considered the gold standard for high quality, high refresh rate screens on an inside out tracking headset. It's got some of the nicest screens you can get on a VR headset today. Um, it does use Windows Mixed Reality for its software though, which honestly the Windows Mixed Reality software leaves quite a bit to be desired and after switching to my oculus rift s uh, and going over to my buddy's house who has a windows mixed reality headset it's really hard to get back to using that software because honestly as much as i do hate oculus they are good at making software designed to work with you for vr instead of work against you um and their guardian system is a lot better and their headset setup process is a lot smoother but Uh, As far as medium price, like $600-ish, the HP Reverb G2, you can't go wrong. Other than the controllers not tracking quite as good as some of the other headsets, 
uh, and the software that you have to use to set it up. But otherwise, you get into Steam VR and you're not even going to hardly notice it. And otherwise, around this price point, if you want to take a risk, if you want to take a gamble, uh, maybe Oculus will start supporting PC VR again soon. Um, and you could get a Rift S, maybe get a used one or get one refurbished or something like that. I don't recommend buying one new and definitely don't pay full price if you do get one new. Um, it's an excellent headset, it's just the company that owns it does not want it to exist anymore and they're trying to bury it. So that's why I'm not recommending the Rift S anymore. Um, and of course around this price point as well, uh, right now is the PlayStation VR and the PlayStation VR can be had for 300 bucks. and if you have a PlayStation 4 or a PlayStation 5 with the adapter you can play some great PlayStation VR games. Um, the PlayStation VR quality wise is probably the worst headset you can really get um, but experience wise it's one of the first true VR headsets that I ever experienced um, and I really really enjoyed my time messing around with it. It introduced me to Beat Saber, it introduced me to Shooty Fruity, uh, which I talked about was my introductory game to VR that made me want to get into it, and a whole bunch of other stuff. And you can have uh, PSVR for 300 bucks now, but keep in mind PSVR 2 is around the corner, and Sony's confirmed that they're going to release it within the next couple of years, and that could be killer. I'm really excited to see what ends up happening with that. I know that I'm probably not going to get too invested in it, though, because PlayStation VR... I, I'm huge on PC VR, and I don't think PlayStation VR is going to get quite as many titles, even with a PlayStation VR 2. Maybe I'll be wrong, and maybe the VR 2 will uh, pop off so much that developers start supporting it, but the PlayStation VR did not get quite enough support for me to fully recommend but it's a good way to play Beat Saber if you don't want custom songs. And there's quite a few decent games on there still to play. So if you want to get a cheap, cheap, cheap headset, definitely get the PlayStation VR if you have a PlayStation 4 or 5. Um, and in addition to that, something to think about too as well. My original PC VR headset uh, was this blue Acer headset. I don't remember the exact model number. If you go back to the other VR episode, I talk about it in there. Um, and that can be had for around 150 200 bucks, which is even cheaper than the PSVR. But as long as your computer can handle it, you can play full PC VR games on it. I played a good chunk of Boneworks on my HP headset. And granted, once I switched to the Rift S, it was like opening my eyes for a second time and everything was crystal clear and responsive and amazing and you run into all the same issues as with the HP Reverb G2 with the tracking problems and the Windows Mixed Reality software not being the greatest in addition to the fact that the screens aren't super great but the refresh rate you can get with the HP uh, or the, the Acer and some of the other similarly priced 100 $200 Windows Mixed Reality headsets is very impressive. And they're honestly not awful. They're just not... They're a great introductory, I want to say. And there's stuff like the Samsung Odyssey as well, too, which is a Windows Mixed Reality headset released by Samsung. Uh, and those are fine. Um, my buddy has a Samsung Odyssey Plus, I believe is what it's called. And that was kind of the de facto $300 to $600 headset for a long time. Um, and I think I might have recommended that in the previous VR episode I did. 
Um, but I'm going to actually steer clear from recommending that at this time because of the fact that it's still fairly expensive and you're only getting a marginally better experience than other Windows Mixed Reality headsets. If you want to get a Mixed Reality headset and you're okay using Windows Mixed Reality and all the software that that entails, uh, just save up and get an HP Reverb G2. You're gonna, you're gonna, it's gonna help you out in the long run, I think. And the HP Reverb G2 is definitely by far the best Windows Mixed Reality headset. Um, but that being said, if you do want to just dip your toes in and you're not too serious about it and you don't want to blow a ton of money, but you already have a gaming PC, you can get. I think there's an Acer one. There's a Lenovo one. I think the Lenovo one's called the Lenovo Explorer. If you want to look it up. And they're no longer available for purchasing new, but you can find them used for sometimes as low as 114 bucks. And they're a great introductory to VR, and I played a lot of my VR games back in the day on those. And at the time of recording the last VR episode, I was just starting with my Rift S, and before that, the whole year um, that I had been playing PC VR seriously before getting my Rift S was spent with an Acer $100 um, Windows Mixed Reality headset. So they really do get the job done, and they really are decent for their price. And you can play Beat Saber with them. You can play Pavlov with them. Um, mine didn't have a microphone, but I know some of those cheaper ones do. So honestly, if you want to get into VR and you don't want to spend enough to buy a Quest or a cheaper actual PC VR headset you can get like a hundred dollar one and play all the same games just not quite as good quality wise um, and you can really skirt the minimum system requirements too I ran my Windows Mixed Reality headset on the minimum specs and it worked flawlessly um, and I think I was even under in a little bit of categories so it just goes to show you really don't need insane specs to run VR especially on those Windows Mixed Reality headsets um, and then last, I want to talk about the Quest and the Quest 2. So I would only recommend purchasing the Quest and the Quest 2 to somebody who does not have a gaming PC and wants to get into VR, or has a gaming PC and wants to get into VR, likes the freedom of being able to take it wherever they want, um, but with the caveat that they're dealing with Facebook and micro or not Microsoft, Facebook and Oculus, and they're going to need a Facebook account to sign up and get going on their headset um, and there's the possibility that down the line their headset might be abandoned from software and support and just kind of become e-waste um, I really don't like Facebook in case you couldn't tell but that being said the Quest 2 is definitely a good headset and there's no denying that I just really really dislike the company but if you don't have a PC or if you do and you just want the most no-nonsense decent headset and I think it's around 400 bucks 450 bucks get a quest 2 I I hate the company I really do and I, it pains me to recommend it but I can't not say quest 2 in the PC VR and the regular in the VR uh, podcast episode I can't not mention the quest 2 but it should be noted as well there was a recall recently on quest 2s where the face uh, cover like the the fabric and foam was causing people to break out with rashes so make sure you do your research <laughs> um and that's sort of my general wrap-up con consensus on like 
what headset you should buy at what price point based on different needs and recommendations and things. I wanted to get that out of the way near the beginning of the episode because I want to spend the rest of this episode talking about the software, talking about the experiences I've had, talking about the games I've played. I want to talk about the good um, and I want to talk about why I love VR because that's why I'm making a second VR episode. I've seriously reevaluated some titles that I kind of set to the sidelines and didn't even look at before and I have seen them with new light and I really like them and there's been some really good new games that have come out as well so I'm going to talk about those coming up here um, so make sure you stay tuned. Support for this podcast is brought to you by Dasani Water Bottle. Guys, my Dasani guys, 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 my Dasani water bottle is frozen, guys. Please, please go to my TikTok at Hyrulean and and follow me and and like my TikToks. Guys, my Dasani, my Dasani guys, it's frozen. Follow me on TikTok so I can reach a thousand followers and maybe get an unfrozen bottle of Dasani I want the sunny water bottle. The sunny TikTok at Hyrulean. Follow me. Ugh. Hot dogs, horseshoes, and hand grenades is a game where it's basically the ultimate weapons simulator for VR with the twist that there's a bunch of fucking randomness thrown in there and somehow the game has avoided being insanely violent and filled with like blood and gore and stuff um back when I made the first VR episode I actually was very dismissive of hot dogs horseshoes and hand grenades or H3 VR as I'm going to call it for the rest of this segment here Uh, Mostly because of the fact that it's such a rich simulation of real-life weaponry uh, that I was just too fucking stupid to actually figure out how to use the guns and actually try to learn how to figure out how to use the guns. Um, I honestly... The controls on my Windows Mixed Reality headset were so complex and I had to, like, use the trackpad and, like, shift my thumb on the trackpad in certain directions to do certain things and it was just too much for me without really understanding how the guns worked and I really I bought the game and I bought it on a humble bundle so I could not refund it I probably would have refunded it in hindsight because I was really kind of disappointed with it because of the fact that it was so hard to use the guns um but now in recent months I've actually taken back into getting into hot dogs horseshoes and hand grenades h3 vr uh because of the fact that one i had some of the developer anton's dev logs come up on my youtube recommended and i saw the stuff he was working on and i realized holy crap this guy really cares about putting detail and content into his game and i realized that figuring out how to make every gun work is kind of like a little puzzle um, so after watching some of the devlogs and seeing the hard work Anton had been putting into the game, 
I jumped back in and I kind of had a reawakening with H3VR. So I jumped in and what I actually discovered was there was a lot more to the game than I had originally thought. Back when I tried it out in, in the olden days of VR, um, I had done the shooting ranges and I had like opened the other maps, but I hadn't really messed around with the other maps. I really had just done the shooting ranges and I think I did the obstacle course, like climbing course once. But as it turns out, I was just scratching the fucking surface with H3VR. I did not understand how to get any guns loaded up um, with ammo. I didn't understand how to spawn ammo. And I didn't understand that there was this whole system where you could put the clip onto a certain part of your character and then activate like spawning ammo from that part of your character. So I was just like completely confused and I did not understand how the game worked. Uh, but after watching a couple devlogs, I discovered some really neat stuff about the game, and I now fully recommend it, and it's one of my favorite VR games to play. Uh, so I discovered that there's actually a mode in Hot Dogs, Horseshoes, and Hand Grenades that has a lot more going on than I thought. Originally, I booted up uh, the Take and Hold mode, and I started it, and I just immediately got fucking killed because I did not understand how to use the weapons for one, and... For two, I kind of didn't understand how the game mode worked. Uh, but in one of the devlogs that I watched, again, shout out to Anton, the developer of the game. He really, really cares about like attention to detail and packing a lot of content in this game for how much it costs. It's insane. Like It's seriously such a great value. Um, and I watched him in one of the devlogs play a little bit of Taken Hold, and I was like, oh, that's how it works. And after I watched like three of these videos because I just got fascinated with him talking about all this detail he was putting into the different guns and things. I started to learn how to actually load the weapons and how to actually play the game. And I know that there's the sampler platter level which kind of teaches you how to play um, and I had messed around with that. I think I played it all the way through and tried out all the guns at least once but for some reason I was just being so foolish and when it came to actually playing the other game content instead of just the tutorial level I would just forget all the controls and I was just hopeless um but after watching Anton's devlogs and seeing how much effort he put into creating realistic breachable doors and making all these guns modeled accurately and perfectly off of their real life counterparts and uh, all this other work that he'd been working on for like the new Taken Hold winter themed level update. Um, I was really just fascinated by him as a developer and I really kind of resonated with how much detail he wanted to put into every little insignificant object. And so I booted up the game and I tried it again. And I've got to say Taken Hold has been one of the funnest like game modes I've played in VR. So I'm going to describe that to you here. So Take and Hold is kind of the main mode. I put that in asterisks because there's a lot going on in H3. Um, it's sort of the main mode of the game. And basically what you do is on the default original map you spawn in. And depending on your loadout you chose, you get a starter weapon, a melee weapon, and a healing item. And basically the whole game is themed after 
guns and after like hot dog related paraphernalia so instead of all of the enemies being humans that you have to shoot and they get all bloody and gory and shit uh they're actually just hot dogs uh and they're like they move around it's really weird they're like kind of like semi-humanoid hot dogs and when you shoot them they explode because they're hot dogs and so it looks gory but it's not actually gory because it's just hot dog chunks going everywhere and I think he calls them like sosigs or something like that I don't know the exact lore I haven't watched a ton of the devlogs I've probably watched about five of them um but in Taken Hold there's like hold points and like supply points and basically your hold points you arrive there and there's like a little beacon to activate and when you activate it it makes these like barrier walls pop up that you can use as cover because you basically have to stay in this area and defend the hold point uh while enemies are attacking you and while there's like little mini hacking mini games and the hacking mini games are pretty straightforward basically you just shoot these like matrixy looking like crystals or like metal boxes that are floating in the air while enemies are attacking you and you need to shoot them all uh, before the enemy kills you and then you fail the game if you lose the lose the capture point or the hold point I mean um and when you go to the supply points you can spend some of your like tokens you get for completing holds uh, to buy either better guns or different items that have different effects or different melee weapons there's lots of options in this game and basically the different classes have different loadouts so there's anything anywhere from like simple modern guns to like warfare advanced warfare modern guns there's like uh, a bunch of like classical era of weaponry type of character so there's like a World War II guy there's like a uh, a cowboy guy and then there's even like um some like video game specific ones like i'm pretty sure they have like one that's like gordon freeman i'm trying to remember what the name is i know the last name is free meat because it's like a play on hot dogs or whatever um but it's really really awesome and the guy put so much fucking effort into this game it's insane he literally like he literally tried so hard to make every detail in this game just like really fleshed out for no reason it's insane uh and the taken hold basically goes on for multiple holds and then you can kind of finish the game but when i say you're not going to easily finish the game i mean it literally i've played countless rounds of taken hold at this point and i've been having so much trouble getting further than like two or three hold points um, and it's really, really difficult, even on the easiest difficulty, with unlimited ammo. So I definitely recommend you check take and hold out if you get H3. Um, otherwise, there's a lot of other stuff going on in this game as well. I already mentioned that he has a second take and hold map, which is Winter Wonderland, I believe. Um, and it's getting updated soon to add even more content. So I definitely recommend waiting for the update to play that. Um, but there's other stuff as well. Like there's a uh, breaching level where you like breach a house and enter a house and stuff like that. And like you have to shoot these targets and things. 
Um, there's like boom ski, which is like ski ball with grenades. There's uh, multiple gun range in, ranges, like I mentioned before. There's a zombie, like apocalypse style one. There's like a wild west, which I think it's called worst world, like bratwurst. Um, and you have to like kill outlaws and find treasure and stuff like that. Um, and there's a lot more too. I just, it'd be so hard for me to list it all off in this podcast segment. Um, but H3VR has honestly just taken me aback by the sheer quality and quantity of things to do in the game. And if you're willing to treat, uh, learning how to use the guns like a puzzle and figure it out, if you don't know anything about guns like I do, um, then it really is fun to play. And... I imagine if you know how to use guns and you want to play a semi-realistic weaponry simulation on your VR headset, H3 VR, you can't go wrong with it. Definitely check out hot dogs, horseshoes, and hand grenades. Thank you, Anton. So now let's talk about a little game called Synth Riders. And I already touched upon this in a previous podcast that I've been playing this game, but I want to talk about it again because I can't not talk about it in the updated VR episode. Uh, So Synth Riders is a rhythm game for VR. And when you think rhythm game for VR, you probably think of Beat Saber. Um, And Synth Riders is kind of doing a Beat Saber-esque thing, um, but in a very different way. So Synth Riders has you play through different songs, and you get points for either hitting the notes accurately with the timing with the song, or you can get them for hitting the notes hard like you do in Beat Saber. Um, And basically in the songs, you're hitting your balls against other balls, or you're riding the rails, which is what they call them, and that's where the synth rider aspect comes in because your ball rolls along the rails and you move your hand with the rails um, for the longer notes. And synth riders, some of the levels make me feel really, really, really cool when I play them. Um, Like, I'm trying to remember what this one's called. I think it has Hawk in the name. Uh, But basically, you get to the point with synth riders, unlike Beat Saber, where you kind of feel even more like you're dancing than in Beat Saber. I know when you're swinging your sabers in Beat Saber and slicing notes, sometimes you can get into the groove and then you start, um, you start, like, over, over flaring how you're moving and you start dancing eventually. Um, but Synth Riders is designed in such a way where really you kind of can't even not dance. Like, the game forces you to move your arms so quickly in some instances and precisely that you basically end up just like swinging your arms like a dance anyway and the songs flow so well in the main like um included songs that it's insane and the real reason why i wanted to reiterate how great this game is is not only does it have your vr support so if you're trying to get lit and fit in vr like i am Uh, You can do that fairly easily. Um, It also has a Caravan Palace music pack, which if you don't know about Caravan Palace and my love for Caravan Palace, allow me to share it with you. Uh, Caravan Palace is an electro swing band 
that has some really, really excellent songs. And you've probably heard some of their songs without even realizing it was them. Um, but I definitely recommend you check out Caravan Palace, like Miracle by them or Lone Digger by them. Um, and there's some other ones too. Uh, they recently released a partnered music pack with Synth Riders, and it's fucking awesome. They have like a custom level with custom background scenery and stuff like that specifically made for Wonderland and it seriously is so cool and like um I don't even know what to call it they call the levels experience levels and I agree 100% it's an experience playing them they feel so like flowy and like it feels like you're freaking on some drugs or something or at least as far as and as close as I can imagine that feeling um, it's really, really, really impressive, and I, I'm just amazed by it. Um, and I love the Caravan Palace music. I already have it all downloaded in Beat Saber, but to see an official music pack come out for Synth Riders was really awesome. The fact that they snagged that out from under the noses of Beat Saber uh, is kind of awesome. And two, I think Beat Saber doesn't realize how big of a loss that is. The the Caravan Palace custom songs on Beat Saber are some of the most popular maps. Um, and speaking of custom songs, Synth Riders also has custom songs and some mod support. While it's not as fleshed out as Beat Saber, every update does not break every single mod and custom song, so that's always nice, and I really, really like that about the game. Um, and other than that, the devs just seem really committed to making this like a proper, customizable rhythm game experience. And it's really, really awesome. Um, so if you're in the market for a rhythm game uh, and you've already played Beat Saber to Hell and you want to play something a little different, definitely check out Synth Riders, especially if you like Caravan Palace. The Caravan Palace pack, I seriously cannot recommend enough. And uh, if you haven't heard Caravan Palace before, Search them up on Spotify. They're seriously one of my favorite bands. Okay, so let's talk about another rhythm game here while we're talking about rhythm games. Uh, this one's called Ragnarok. And no, it's not the new God of War. And no, it's not the Thor movie from multiple years ago. Uh, Ragnarok is a rhythm game where you play as a Viking on a longboat going down a river. And you have two drums in front of you, or maybe it's multiple. It might be like more than two. Um, but you have to hit the drums to the beat of a like Viking Nordic rock song. And the game, for me as a drummer, is really, really, really like awesome and badass. And the music is like this like really trashy like it's weird it's like really trashy like stereotypical rock music and I kind of hate it but I also kind of love it it's like it's like I don't know it's it's really hard to describe the music and it definitely won't be for everyone likewise the game won't be for everyone um, but you should definitely go to the Steam page and check out the trailer because basically what you do is there's people rowing on your Viking longboat and you hit the drums to the beat of the rock song and as you hit the notes accurately it makes the boat uh, get rowed faster and it's really just kind of like a neat little it's like definitely smaller scale than like Beat Saber and Synth Riders 
it has specific songs, and I think there is custom song support, but you're really not going to want to play the custom songs. You definitely want to play this game for, like, that trashy modern rock music with a Nordic flair, and it's stuff like, Yo, ho, here we go! Drinking meat and stealing wenches, drinking meat and stealing wenches, pillaging fields, pillaging fields, we are Viking men. Like, shit like that, you know what I'm saying? There's a little song for you. Um, but Ragnarok's fun to fuck around on, and I boot it up every once in a while, and I do Viking shit. Um, and when you hit a certain number of notes correctly, your hammers that you're using to hit the drums like start to electrify. Um, and then you can hit these symbols, and they're on like the left and right side. And it makes your Viking longship crew like row super fast for a little while, and it's really, really awesome. Um, and really, the the way that the music and hitting the drums and the Vikings cheering and shit like that like makes you feel is really, really cool. It makes you feel like you're powerful. It makes you feel like a rock star. Uh, definitely check out Ragnarok if you want to feel like a rock star. But since the boat is moving, uh, that means the background is moving. And there's no option to really play without that. So if you are a little more prone to motion sickness, maybe work on your VR stomach before you play Ragnarok. Next, I want to talk about another VR game that's definitely not for people who are prone to motion sickness called Stride. Stride is a relatively newer VR game where basically... The closest thing I could equivalent it to is Mirror's Edge in VR. Uh, you run along the top of these like minimal buildings in a big city, and on the endless runner mode, you're basically just running forward, jumping, climbing, sliding under barriers. You're shooting like soldier guys with your pistol. You're just doing Mirror's Edge shit, and this game is all about the parkour and the speed and the momentum. And when I play, honestly, I turn off the music in the game and I just listen to Dr. Disrespect's stream playlist. And it makes me feel badass. Um, and this game really works you out, too. I, uh, I've i been playing this on and off for like the last three, four months. And basically, you swing your arms to go forward. So I've gotten into the habit of like swinging my arms while I'm running. And... Uh, like while I'm swinging my arms, I also kind of like step in place to simulate what it actually is like to run. Uh, and you get to this point where you like swing your arms to run. You hold A while your arms are like down and like swing them up and release A to jump. And it feels really natural and really good. And then you have to like grab onto ledges and edges and hedges and all sorts of shit. You have to grab onto little ladders and things and climb yourself up and just keep running because on the infinite runner mode, there's actually like a black void that's consuming everything and you're running away from it. So it's sort of like Mirror's Edge mixed with like Temple Run, but in VR. And I know there was a Temple Run VR, but I don't think I ever played it. And it's it was like back on the Oculus... Uh, what did they call that thing? The Samsung what do they call it? The Samsung gear headset by Oculus, I think is what it was called. Um, for phones, they had a temple run VR on there and this kind of feels reminiscent. I'd imagine. Um, but you run from the void, you jump onto obstacles, you 
wall run, which is really fun in VR. Um, and there's a slowdown time mechanic. So you slow down time and you pull out your gun and you can pull off some cool trick shots on these guards that are positioned throughout the levels. And you have three lives and you can replenish your lives by picking up uh, extra lives in the level. Um, and you basically just try to see how far you can get and how long you can survive from running away from the Black Void in the main Endless Runner mode. Um, and that's just kind of the start. They have plans for, like, a story mode. They have plans for, like, uh, capture objectives and run around, like, in an actual 3D environment instead of just doing an infinite straight path. Um, there's multiplayer, and it's in beta right now, and it's called stride.net. And I got on there to try to play it, and there was nobody really online, unfortunately. Um, but as far as I understand, uh, it's going to work like... Uh, it's basically going to be like a gorilla tag, which I'm going to talk about later in this episode. Where basically, you have one player who is infected with some sort of like virus or something and the they're trying to infect every other player on the map so you're using parkour to like get away from them and possibly to shoot them because I know there's guns in this game but I don't really know if the guns are going to be used specifically for that or not um but again the multiplayer is still in beta and there was not a ton of people playing when I got on and I suspect that the fact that Gorilla Tag is free and Strides multiplayer costs $20 uh, means that not as many people are going to play so it might suit them good to do a free multiplayer thing at some point but we'll see we'll see what they do um, and all in all Stride if you have a very capable VR stomach is a great game to kind of just experiment with and to get a little workout with and it really makes you sweat i promise you that i've been playing on and off and i seriously have sweated some more in that game than i have in any other vr game i swear it's been it's been crazy if i'm being honest with you and it's so fun and it flows so well and the controls are so well designed there's like grapple hook system where you like grapple onto something and you swing and it's so fun to like do a while you're in the mid like in the middle of doing a swing on your grapple hook slow down time and like shoot at these guys or like while you're flying through the air after you let go of your grapple hook slow down time and shoot the bad guys it seriously flows so well and it's like really really natural how it works and it's so fun i love it oh it's so fun and it's only 20 bucks too so if you can handle some more intense vr situations which when i say that i really mean it for this game because this game's like seriously requires a very strong vr stomach it's it even was making me kind of queasy after my first couple times playing it Uh, but if you can handle that definitely jump into stride stride is one of my favorite newer vr games Something I forgot to mention too earlier when I was talking about Stride is uh, there's some debate amongst the VR community if there's enough content in the game to warrant the price. Uh, and I'm not going to lie to you, right now there is not a ton, a ton of content. It's mainly just the two main modes and then the multiplayer, but the multiplayer kind of doesn't really work all the time. So definitely you're buying Stride for what the game could potentially hold in the future. 
the endless mode is very fun, but I only boot it up every so often and play. And uh, it it is one of those games where you can only play it so much and then you get bored and you have to stop playing for a while and then come back. It's not one of those games where you're going to want to play it every day like Beat Saber or even like Hot Dogs, Horseshoes, and Hand Grenades has all of its uh, mechanics and different game modes and things. Um, it's definitely one of those games where you're going to play it in short sessions every once in a while. Uh, but I do think that I'm happy with my $20 purchase on the game because down the line I see it only getting better. And the developers are working on updates. There's one coming out in August, uh, late August, early September. So it's definitely a game to keep an eye on nonetheless. So now I want to talk about a game that's so near and dear to my heart that I once made a whole full-length episode of the Switched podcast just about this one game. And that game, of course, is Minecraft. Um, Now, when it comes to playing Minecraft in virtual reality and being fully immersed in the blocky world, uh, you kind of have two options. So you can either take the official approach and play Mojang's officially released Bedrock Minecraft VR port, and it works on the Windows Mixed Reality headsets and the Oculus Rift natively, Um, and I think there's some tech shizzle-wizzle you can do to make it work on other headsets as well. Um, or you can play the Vivecraft mod for Minecraft Java. And first I want to talk about the benefits of playing the Bedrock VR mode. Um, and that comes in the form of better performance. As you may or may not know, Bedrock is actually a full rewrite of the code for Minecraft from the ground up. That was done around the time uh, Microsoft purchased Mojang and by extension Minecraft. Uh, It runs very, very fast. I can easily run it at over 300 frames per second, even in VR. Uh, The only time it stutters for me is when I turn on RTX mode. Um, It's a very, very high-performance game, and it works on even older systems, which is really awesome. Uh, And if it wasn't for a few technical differences from the original Minecraft, it would definitely be the definitive version because it has cross-play as well. Um, So you can play PC with Nintendo Switch, you can play PlayStation with Xbox, you can play uh, Android with VR, you can do whatever you want, which is really nice. Um, But other than high performance and cross-play, you're not really getting a whole lot with the Bedrock VR port, uh, because basically it's more of a port than a full conversion to VR. You can still play the game in VR, you still control it in VR, but you're still playing Minecraft in its traditional form, just from a first-person perspective in VR, if that makes any sense. So you still have a crosshair, and you use the crosshair to point at enemies, and you click the trigger to make your sword swing and attack, for example. Or... When you're, draw, when you're using your bow and arrow, you don't draw the bow back with your arms. You just click, you have the bow in your hand and you click and hold the trigger and it draws it back for you. It's still like playing it on flat screen, but you're playing it in VR, um, if that makes any sense. Now, the Vivecraft mod, on the other hand, while running on the much slower performant uh, version of the game, Java... Uh, it is the classic version of the game, so it has none of those weird like mechanical differences that the Bedrock version has. 
Uh, it's got the original redstone. It's got all that fun block cramming stuff where you can make like trap doors that let you like crawl through one block gaps and things like that. That's my main thing that I miss when I play Bedrock. Uh, and since it's a mod, they designed it from the ground up for VR and it is a total conversion and it's had a lot of effort put into it. And what that means is when you play it, you're fully immersed in Minecraft. It comes with Optifine pre-installed and dynamic lights automatically turned on. So you can put a torch in your offhand and you can hold that torch with your actual hand like over your head so you can have better light and you can mine by swinging your pickaxe into the block with your right arm and holding the torch to give you light with your left arm and it's really immersive and it's really really awesome and honestly it's one of the few times I play Minecraft in actual like moody brightness instead of just maxing out the brightness um, because it really is atmospheric when you're playing the game by holding up a torch with your own arm and swinging the pickaxe with your own arm it's really impressive and while you still can aim with the trigger aim with the crosshair and press the trigger to mine it's way more immersive to swing your pickaxe into the stone by your own hand and it's my preferred way to do a lot of things like chopping wood is really fun to do by swinging your arm killing mobs i would never use the aim and press the trigger to do that because it's just worse it's really it's really great to like actually swing your arms and kill the mobs and uh one of the nice things about it too is when you do swing your arms you gain some benefit over playing by aiming with the trigger and holding down the trigger and the fact that you don't have to worry about like the combat delay that was added in the combat update and you can even mine a little bit faster when you uh when you swing your arms to mine which is always nice it, it wears you out but it's more immersive and it gives you a little benefit too for those people who want to be fully immersed they can mine a little bit faster it's honestly really really nice and the vivecraft mod makes minecraft feel like a real vr game you can still sort of feel some of that like slapped together not built for vr stuff um like the like for example there's the whole crafting system where you activate the crafting table still and then a window pops up in 3d space but it's not like a 3d window it's just a flat window that's not really something that would happen in a vr game i guess you could say but it's definitely it's it definitely works and i think it's probably the best way they could have handled it um but other than that they try to make the menus very much vr friendly so when you have your hot bar it's actually on your left arm and you can like hold up your left arm and see your hot bar um and you can use your right arm to select individual objects on your hot bar and when you move your arm close, it turns into like a little pointer and you can point at certain items on your hotbar and use them, which is really cool. I've played Minecraft VR in almost every iteration it's ever had, and I gotta say, Vivecraft is definitely the best attempt at making it fully compatible with VR that I've ever played. I originally tried it in VR back in the day on the Samsung Gear VR headset for phones, which I mentioned earlier in this episode. Um, and in order to play it on that, I had to use an Xbox controller and I had to sit down in a chair 
and all that was being moved was my character in the game and it was really really nausea inducing and I had not played enough VR at that point to like have my VR legs really yet um now I could probably just about do that but not only did it run like shit I had a really low render distance like I could basically see like only spitting distance in front of me in the game because the render distance had to be low to make it playable and it was really nausea inducing there was like terrible screen door effect um it had to have been running at a lower frame rate i bet you it was 60 or less because of the fact that i was running it on a galaxy s5 um and that's another point of contention about the oculus rift s the oculus rift s only has an 80 hertz screen which means the maximum frame rate it can run games is 80 fps uh, whereas the quest has experimental modes for up to 120 or so i believe which is very impressive for a vr headset um but back to the craft of course so like i mentioned after the samsung version there was also the bedrock version that's kind of the main vr port for minecraft and that's the one that still exists today and it's based off the same code as that old one if it tells you at all what kind of limitations we're looking at it's obviously a lot more updated and you're going to have better render distance and you're going to have better controls and if you're playing it on a modern headset instead of a phone screen strapped to your face you're going to get a better experience but it's still that same restricted limited version of the game that you were playing back on the phones and back in the day um so that's just something to keep in mind and vivecraft really is something special it's so great when you're walking in caves and you're wearing headphones on and you're playing vr and you're holding your torch above your head so you can see and you hear like that skeleton sound it's completely different than the regular flat screen version of minecraft because at that point you just keep running you're like yeah whatever torch 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 pickaxe mine some shit um but in minecraft vr you could be walking and all of a sudden a skeleton drops down in front of you and it's just as tall as you and it's shooting arrows at you really really fast and it's really really scary and i've gotten jump scared so many times in minecraft vr to the point where i named my world uh vr spooks um in honor of how spooky minecraft is to play some time in vr um sometimes in vr rather uh but seriously the interactions that the vivecraft team uh made for the game is really impressive um and swinging your sword to attack things and swinging your axe to break logs and swinging your pickaxe to mine and swinging your shovel to dig dirt and vice versa and etc etc is really really immersive and they even implemented optifine into the mod so it's fully integrated into optifine uh which means at the moment since 1.17 just dropped and it doesn't have optifine uh vivecraft also isn't out for 1.17 yet um but what you get from using optifine is all of the performance enhancements you're already expecting from optifine and the ability to use shaders so if you have like a fucking god tier pc and you really want to flex download freaking uh vivecraft do some shaders because in theory you could do any shaders that work on the regular version of minecraft assuming your computer could handle it because uh, vivecraft does add a lot of overhead so if you can run minecraft very well you can probably run vivecraft well 
Um, but if you're not running Minecraft super well and you can already barely run Minecraft and a VR headset, you're probably not going to be able to run Vivecraft, which is where the Bedrock version of Minecraft VR comes in handy because it runs on literally everything. Um, but enough about Minecraft. That's my thoughts on Minecraft VR. Definitely check it out. It's a must-play for any Minecraft fan. It's such a weird experience being in the world versus just watching it on a screen. And the Vivecraft mod has so much, like, comfort settings for new VR players as well. So if you're, like, new to VR and you want a new, like, a, a noob-friendly game to play too, it's great for that because it has teleporting locomotion um, and you can teleport around, you can, like, move with the stick but make a vignette appear around your head so you don't get motion sicknesses easily. It's really great for getting those VR legs and becoming more suited to playing VR and making it less nauseating for you. I mentioned in the previous VR episode that my first ever time trying full room scale VR uh, was through a college buddy's PlayStation VR headset. Uh, we were having like a study group that was organized by the school and it eventually degenerated into playing VR based off of some conversations that we had. And uh, thanks to that particular guy in the group, uh, I got to experience the game Shooty Fruity. And Shooty Fruity is perhaps one of the most simple room scale VR games you could possibly play. Uh, because it's basically just you standing behind the counter at a grocery store, uh, scanning items and shooting um, fruit that has come to life and is trying to destroy your register and uh, take over the grocery store. It's room scale in the sense that you can kind of move around the space and you can pick up different objects and scan them and you can grab your little... Um, guns off of the rack as they come by and you can interact with different objects because they're physic they're physics based um in a way it's kind of like an even simpler version of job simulator uh because you're interacting with all of these like physics objects um while you're standing in one point but you can move kind of around the area and uh what it has over job simulator actually is you have an objective, you have a goal, and there's levels, and it's an arcade-style, um, I don't even know what you'd call it. It's kind of like a defense shooter game. So there's, like, different fruits, and you have to shoot them in different ways with different guns, uh, that are more effective on them. Um, and if a fruit jumps onto your register, you can, like, grab them and use your VR hands to rip them in half. Or if it's like a cherry, you can throw the cherry back into the crowd of fruit that are trying to attack you and it'll explode like a little cherry bomb. Um, there's all sorts of little stuff like that in the game. And it really, it's really just kind of like a small, charming VR game. It's nothing too crazy, um, but for me, somebody being introduced to VR for the first time, phenomenal experience. It honestly was probably the game that made me want to get VR more than anything. Because at that point, I hadn't tried Job Simulator, I hadn't tried Pavlov, I hadn't tried Blade and Sorcery, I hadn't tried Beat Saber. Um, and to see kind of just how physics interaction worked in VR for the first time was really, really interesting, and it was an experience that I don't think I'll ever forget. And while Shooty Fruity is definitely a simple game, 
it works very well for people who are getting acquainted with VR for the first time because you don't have to teleport around, you don't have to move around. It's very low in terms of possibility for getting motion sickness because there really isn't anything moving except for like the fruit moving at you, but you as the player kind of are stationary throughout each level. And the only time you're teleporting is when you're teleporting to different menu options on the main menu. Um, but otherwise, you're just standing still. And all the movement is just short little shifts around this little set area. And it works perfectly for small play spaces as well because of that. Um, and it really, it really shined on the PlayStation VR too because the PlayStation VR had an awful time doing anything super huge room scale um but something small and compact where you're kind of just moving left and right and forward and backward in tiny amounts it worked perfectly and shooty fruity is definitely the perfect game to play to introduce people to vr who have never played it before it's a really solid arcade style shooter game um there's a like narrator over the intercom and it's this really like sarcastic like New York accent woman and she's like telling you that you're doing terrible or she's telling you you're doing a good job and it's really just like a really simple charming VR game and I really really like it and I'm finishing off the game segment with this game Shooty Fruity uh, because A it was the first room scale VR game I played B it was the first VR game that I truly felt was built for VR and couldn't be done anywhere else and see it's just fucking fun it's just a simple cheap fun game for vr and it's available on everything so if you have a vr headset definitely go check out and buy shooty fruity super underrated hidden gem of a vr game um, and that's why i'm going to highlight it here at the end of our game section and i also wanted to mention while i'm talking about games i did not mention the big VR games that everybody knows in this episode because I not only did I mention them in the last episode, um, I can almost guarantee if you're even remotely interested in VR, you're going to have people telling you about Beat Saber, you're going to have people telling you about Pavlov, you're going to have people telling you about Blade and Sorcery, you're going to have people telling you about Gorn, all these like VR game staples are so highly recommended by everyone and I really wanted to highlight some of my favorite more smaller games in this follow-up episode for VR. Um, If you want to know the best of the best as far as VR games go and I probably agree with most people on like you know Beat Saber being the best rhythm game, Pavlov being the best shooter game, I didn't talk about Boneworks or Half-Life Alex either but I went in super huge detail about them in the first VR episode to the point where I talked about it to death. Um, But those games are obviously highly recommended. Blade and Sorcery. There's so many, like, super popular VR games. VR Chat, for example. I'm not talking about that either because you can find those very easily. I wanted to share some of my favorite more smaller games that people won't necessarily be talking about as much. Um, So obviously, if you want to know the big, big games, just go to Steam, go to the VR category, and just sort by top sellers, and you'll see all of the most popular VR games. Uh, But some of my favorites are Half-Life Alex for beginners, because it has teleportation, locomotion, the physics are amazing, the story's amazing, the characters are amazing. It just feels like the 
the most AAA high quality VR game to date. Boneworks is the most experimental, um, one of the more uh, iron stomach VR games. You really have to have a strong will to play it, um, but it has a good enough story, but the gameplay is where it really shines. Um, the physics and interaction is far better than any VR game I've ever played and probably will ever play because nothing's really touched it as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Beat Saber, by far the best rhythm game for VR. Just super fun, super chill. A great introductory game as well because there's no moving around really except for leaning left and right and ducking. Um, but again, I'm not going to talk about it. Not only is it huge and it's the VR game everybody thinks about, it's also published by Beat Games, which is now owned by Facebook. And you know how I feel about Facebook based off the first half an hour of this podcast. Um, Blade and Sorcery is a full physics-based melee magic uh, bow and arrow medieval combat simulator it's getting a dungeon crawler mode eventually here soon it's gonna be really good it has a star wars mod called the outer rim that's really really excellent and it really makes you feel like a jedi and it's really awesome um what else pavlov is basically counter-strike and call of duty had a baby um for vr there's no teleportation as far as i remember i think you have to walk directly um, so proceed with caution, I guess. I think there is a teleportation in hindsight. I'm not 100% sure. Um, but Pavlov is by far the best VR shooter. Ignore fucking, uh, outward or inward or whatever the fuck it's called. Freaking, uh, there's people who recommend, fuck, what's it called? I'm trying to remember what it's called. There's one that starts with a D. Fuck, don't play that. <laughs> um, if you want to play just a solid first person shooter in VR, definitely check out Pavlov. There's nothing that even comes close to being as good. Um, just really, really, really solid VR multiplayer shooter. Um, what else? VR chat, definitely the best way to just get on VR and hang out with people. I've just chatted with people on there for hours on end. Uh, there's a really, really great Among Us scaled conversion where you can play Among Us in full VR and it's like proper and it feels really good and it's higher quality than some actual VR games I've played. Uh, VR chat, obviously free, highly recommended. Um, what else do I want to talk about? Is there any other big ones that I'm forgetting? Uh, big screen is great for watching movies in VR. Um, Rec Room is kind of like VR chat, but geared towards a younger audience. Has some fun game modes, and it has cross-play with flat screen. Um, so me and my girlfriend's brother have been playing it because it's just a fun little game, and I can play in VR, and he can play on flat screen, and there's paintball and shit like that fun little game uh let's see what else do i have tons of hours in i think i've covered most of my bases now on all the super popular games Uh, because i really didn't want to talk about a ton of super popular games and that's it i wanted to talk about a lot more of the smaller ones in detail i'm sure i'm forgetting some as well if you're an artist google has an app called paintbrush i think or is it tilt it's tilt brush not paintbrush Um, And it's the best art app for VR. Definitely recommend that. Um, There's Google Earth VR if you want to explore the world. There's plenty of racing games if that's your thing. Um, What else? What else? What else? I'm trying to think. There's, There's not... There's not a ton else, I don't really think. I think I've covered all of the big games. I'm sure... Oh, Gorilla Tag. Gorilla Tag blew up in between the last VR episode and now, and it's a free-to-play 
um, game where you play as gorillas and there's like parkour but it's kind of weird and you're trying to tag all the other monkeys if you're it um, really weird really motion sickness inducing but kind of fun I don't know um, and anything else I think that's it for the major VR games obviously I'm going to talk about VR in future episodes so I'm not going to worry about it too much uh, but VR games are very fun I love VR um, and yeah, let's get into the conclusion. No transition here. So, virtual reality in 2021. Everybody's pretty much going to want to buy the Oculus Quest 2, unless you hate Facebook like I do. Uh, then you can check out either the Valve Index if you're rich, uh, the HP Reverb G2 if you're willing to deal with some software issues, uh, and slightly worse tracking on the controllers. Um, but you get cheaper asking price higher quality screens um otherwise you could go find a used oculus rift s or you could go for an htc vive pro 2 with the index controller knuckles and all that shit there's a lot of different solutions if you want to go for the steam vr headsets um but honestly most people are just going to want to buy an oculus quest 2 and if you do you're going to be limited to what games you can play through the quest itself but there are plenty of good exclusive ones uh i actually haven't played a lot of them but like vader's immortal is basically or vader immortal is basically like a vr star wars game that's exclusive to the quest uh and you fight darth vader with a lightsaber which sounds pretty dope um and there's some other ones too like lone echo and fucking a bunch of other shit i'm not huge on the oculus as I mentioned before, so I haven't played a lot of the exclusive games, but there are a ton of them, like an absolute shit ton of exclusive Oculus games. And by a shit ton, of course, I mean six, but there's already like only 25 VR games, so that's a lot. Um, but yeah, go experiment, go check out the virtual reality subreddit on Reddit because there's lots of great stuff on there. New headsets are coming out all the time. Valve has been teasing that now that the Steam Deck is going to be coming out soon, they're going to use the Steam Deck to create their own uh, standalone VR headset that won't require a gaming PC. Um, that'll use Steam VR inside-out tracking, and it will be able to run Steam VR PC-grade VR games, which that'll be interesting to see. Um, the future for VR, especially PC VR, looks really bright. And Oculus is trying to move away from PC VR and make this portable VR world. Will they fail? Will they succeed? Yes and no. I really just hope PC VR sticks around because I've been a VR enthusiast for such a long time now. And I really, really enjoy it. And I still play VR every freaking day almost and i've been using your uh which is a free application you can download for vr uh which will let you track how many calories you're burning while you're playing beat saber and all your other vr games it's really great for people like me who are fat asses and are trying to get a little fit um what else i think that really covers all my bases if you have any questions about VR, you can hit me up on Twitter at HyruleanTV. If you at me, nobody ats me, and so I'll probably respond to you. Not that anybody made it this far into the podcast. Or if you know me, you can hit me up on Discord if you have any VR questions. I'm always down to chat about VR. I'd love to have some people on and just convince them to buy VR headsets or something. Um, 
but yeah, if I under if I ever end up upgrading my Oculus Rift S or finding any new amazing VR games to play, I'll definitely update and make either a separate episode or maybe even a third VR episode and talk about them. I seriously love VR so much and it's such an interesting medium for games. And I talked about my first episode about VR was called VR is the Future. And I do still think VR is the future. I just don't think it's going to replace conventional gaming anymore. I used to think that VR would eventually take over conventional gaming. I think more than likely we're either going to move to something more advanced than VR, and VR will kind of still exist as its own separate thing, or conventional gaming is just going to stick around, and VR is just going to be this weird third pillar thing that exists. Um, But either way, I'm okay with that. And I really love VR. So, folks, have yourselves a wonderful day. Take care of yourselves. Go check out some fucking VR gameplay. Go look at VR shit. Get fascinated in VR. Get curious. Freaking VR is awesome. And have yourselves a good one. Bye-bye.